0: Welcome to Reactive. My name is Raquel, and I'm here with my co-host, Khalil. Hello. Hi. (laughs) Sadly, we are also missing another one of our co-hosts, Henning, who is sadly out sick today. Um, And so uh, what I would like to send him is a teddy bear, which um, is not a real bear, but... I don't actually have a teddy bear to send to him. So instead you're going to get bear facts. Um,
1: Very good. Very good. (laughs) Well done. So did
0: you know (laughs) that um, uh, bears uh, have excellent senses of smell, sight, and hearing? They can smell food, cubs, a mate, or predators from miles away. That's like many kilometers like many many
1: mammals, many, that's amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, uh, their great eyesight allows them to detect when fruits are ripe. It's like they Ooh. know when fruit is ripe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they uh, also they have the ability to grieve. Um, cubs are known to moan and cry when separated from their mothers. This can go on for weeks if their mothers are killed by hunters. Oh no! Which is so
1: sad. That is so sad.
0: Um. Uh, but but in good news, bears are extraordinarily intelligent. They have far superior navigation skills to humans, excellent memories, uh, a large brain-to-body ratio, and use tools in various contexts from play to hunting. Cool. So that's pretty cool. Bears are super cool. Yep. Yes. Agreed. Also, the word bear in, in German is one of my... My favorites because it's three letters but it's got an umlaut in it
1: because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> umlauts
0: are just awesome yeah Bam. pretty much yes anyway how you doing good how are you good it's uh it's it's been a week it's been a week,
1: mm-hmm. it's, been a week. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: it's, it's only wednesday uh which is our recording day yeah. um and uh it's 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 been a week. Yeah. Yes. And yes. Hopefully you can't hear my dog barking. But oh, she's I, can barking hear, right. I
1: can hear your dog barking.
0: Yeah. So dog. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's my dog, all good. My dog, my dog is also complaining about the week. Yeah. She's just like, goodness <laughs> gracious, it has been a heck of a week. And now, obviously, someone is trying to attack our house. By putting mail into the mailbox. The worst. <laughs> just the worst. How dare they put mail in the mailbox. Violating our, our home property. Yeah, I Goodness. <laughs> right, well, mm-hmm. We should go back to sleep now. Because it sounds like they're gone. <laughs> oh, yeah, so what's hilarious. going on for you this week? What, what news, Khalil?
1: What news? Um... So let me think. Um, um, There was a a lot um, going on and a lot of things that I bookmarked for the show. Um, Oh, oh, so yes. So the biggest drama, um, I guess, is the whole Node um, board thingy where everybody is kind of stepping down. Well, not everybody, but certain people are stepping down who can't take it anymore
0: right exactly
1: yes just so that was just very recently um uh, yeah and i've now read um i think two or three blog posts from active or from very kind of prolific uh you know, js community members that said i'm st- I'm stopping everything when it comes to know yeah um yeah uh, i guess you're a little closer to the whole thing than me so would you mind to uh to, Give uh, a summary. Summary, yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I will summarize. Um, so basically, what happened is um, there was a vote uh, on the Node uh, Core Technical Committee. I think it was the CTC. Um, mm-hmm. So note that the Node Foundation is uh, an executive like. So the Node Foundation takes care of Node now. So Node, once upon a time, was owned by a company um, called Joint. And then several years ago, uh, some people kind of felt like if Joint goes down, then Node goes down, and that would be really bad for the world. So Node should really not be part of a company. It should be kind of its own thing, um, its own nonprofit, kind of like jQuery or... um, Python or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the Node Foundation. I mean, I'm skipping a lot on this. There's, I'm sure we did an episode about this at one point. In fact, mm-hmm. um, but uh, but basically, long story short, they created the Node Foundation, and within the Node Foundation. So, originally, Node was uh, like the the decisions for Node were ultimately made by a, a person, a single person. Um, Called the BDFL, the the benevolent dictator for life. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Node Foundation, with the creation of the Node Foundation, um, the Node the folks who created the Node Foundation decided that they didn't want all the power to lie within one person. Mm-hmm. They wanted it to be committee run. So they create a bunch of different committees. One of which is the core technical committee, um, and then there's another one called the technical steering committee. I think originally they were one committee and then they split up into two I don't remember why um, it's just my understanding that they are separate um, from there um, the core technical committee I think it's the core technical committee that, that is having all the shenanigans right now it might be the technical steering committee but wh- whichever um, one of them uh, there it's, it's basically decisions about um, the you know different bits about code and like um, the the like Node Core specifically and uh, doing the releases and all of that good stuff um, and one of the members of that committee uh, named Rod Vag um, has uh, been documented as violating the code of conduct in in various different ways um, and I'm. By the way, I'm actually I'm trying to be used as non-biased here as possible. I'm trying to just state the facts. Um, so somebody went in and documented the different ways in which uh, uh, Rod Vag violated the code of conduct, and um, and then it was brought to a vote. So in order to be to be removed from a committee within the Node Foundation, you have to either resign or there needs to be a majority vote to kick you out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was a vote. And uh, of the 11 people on the committee, um, which includes Rod, Rod did not vote, two people abstained, three people voted to kick Rod out, um, and then the rest voted not to. Mm -hmm. And so um, the three people who voted to kick Rod out uh, for violating the code of conduct um, decided that if, if the node... if if the committee has a code of conduct and it's not even being applied, then, uh, they felt that it was no longer worth it for them to be part of the committee because they were not being part of a, a group that, you know, stood by its code of conduct. And I'm sure that there's even more details to it, which you can read on the various blog posts that people have written. Um, but ultimately they decided to step down instead of continue to participate in that committee. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's where things get funky. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so then then the, the Twitter was a flutter um, with uh, people talking about codes of conduct and the importances thereof and um, all sorts of other things. Um, unfortunately, it sounds like, um, well, so, from the perspective of the community as a, at large, um, it is possible, like, I don't know, there's, there's still a lot being determined. There are lots of other little meetings happening and uh, different committees are talking about things and trying to decide what to do. Um, at this point, because the vote already happened, they can either call another vote Uh, to decide whether or not to ask Rodbag to leave or um, they could just stick with their vote then the only other way for Rodbag to leave would be for the executive committee of the Node Foundation so basically the Node Foundation board itself uh, to vote to dismantle that committee which would then uh, ask everybody to leave so there's there's a bunch of questions. There's a lot of uncertainty. Um, some folks are feeling like uh, if Node doesn't... If the Node Foundation doesn't figure this out, then um, it's actually pretty dangerous for Node itself, because if the Foundation kind of lose all loses all of its support, then it won't get any money, mm-hmm. and if there's no money, then they can't release Node, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, from the perspective of, of NPM, we're watching closely. We are... Um, but we're not entirely like we're, we're, we're still waiting to see what happens is basically what we're, what we're doing.
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, yeah. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Yeah. That's a thing. <laughs>
1: it's, a, it's a crisis. <laughs> a <little bit. laughs>
0: it is. It's a little bit. I, I think, I think people are pretty, um, pretty upset about it. So yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm, I, I trust that uh, the people throughout the Node Foundation are not just sitting on their hands on this one. They're actually trying to, to figure out what the heck is actually going on and make uh, the best decision that they can. Um, you know, in terms of my own personal opinion, I think, uh, I think if you have a code of conduct, you have to be willing to... Um, use it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, that's, I think that's kind so. of,
1: it makes it very clear how uh, having a code of conduct without enforcing it rigorously mm-hmm. just creates problems. Cause I don't, yeah. I don't understand why there was even a vote. If there's, if it's uh, well documented that the code of conduct was violated, then th- the only way how this works is that the post, the person gets kicked out. There's right. no other that's way.
0: That's kind of how I see it too. I don't, I don't understand why there's—and I think I think that's where a lot of the drama's coming from. Yeah. Uh, that there are some people who are like, well, we didn't think it was that bad. Like, yeah, he violated the, the code of conduct, but we didn't think it was that bad. So, yeah. you know, we shouldn't have to kick him out for that. Uh, and other people are like, but he violated the code of conduct, so— I, it doesn't matter if it's that bad or not that bad, and actually it kind of was that bad. Um, yeah, it, but, it is that you know. bad. If, it's, if there's
1: a code it's of conduct, that, that then mm-hmm. those things are in there, the rules are in there for a reason, and if they're violated and repeatedly violated and there's no kind of um, um, change in sight for that person, mm-hmm. like it's clear that person just is not on board with the code of conduct, Then that is a toxic person for for the organization. Period. Mm -hmm. There's just totally agreed nothing to really talk. (laughs) (laughs) nothing else to say really. It's
0: so. so, I mean, I think I think it just kind of falls into the same uh, brilliant jerks, right? Like I'm sure you've heard of of that phrase, and it's like no no team benefits from a brilliant (laughs) jerk. None. Like, like studies show over and over and over again, that like, you can teach somebody how to code, you can't teach somebody how to be a better person if they are not willing to be a better person, right? Like, it's just, it's just not something you can teach somebody if they're not willing to learn it. And so it's like, you know what? (laughs) I don't want jerks on my team. Um, And yeah, so it's, it's just very, very blatant that way. It's like, no.
1: Yeah. Get out. It's unfortunate. <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's yeah. uh sad,
0: but Yeah. Um
1: yeah. hopefully they'll figure it out.
0: I hope so. Mm-hmm. I hope so.
1: Cuz uh, if not then then the node the node team will just be a collection of uh, brilliant jerks or bri- mm-hmm. brilliant to not so brilliant jerks. <laughs>
0: but, do we have opinions? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Which, uh, anyway.
1: Well, you know what's going to happen then? Uh, what's going to happen then? is going to be a new fork.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, there's already been a few forks. I don't think any of them have caught any major steam like IOJS. What do you mean? Um,
1: since since that happened, there was more forks.
0: Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I I know somebody who uh, on Monday as things started to heat up, said, you know what? I've been wanting to fork it for a while. I'm just going to do it now. Okay. Uh, so I think there have been a few, a few people okay. who are just like, yep, going to fork it now. Okay. Um, so we'll see. We'll see okay. what happens. Yeah,
1: well, I guess if they don't get their shit together, then then some fork will have to go on and uh, be the better version of Node or something. I don't know. <clears throat>
0: yeah. Yeah, I don't know. anyway anyway Anyway. yes what else is happening
1: what else is happening medium is becoming ugly slowly but surely oh no (laughs) i'm very sad yeah i'm very sad
0: they, they changed their logo again right
1: yes and it's very sudden and it's very weird in my opinion
0: yeah
1: like to me also, what they did is they removed the heart that was a recommend, right? You could you could like, so to speak, right. a post, and it would recommend yeah. the post, right? And they yeah. introduced the claps, and now you can like basically like an, an article multiple times, and then it's it's recorded as applause. And it's so weird because it not it doesn't really work for for articles. Like nobody is gonna sit there and like. Yeah. You know, click a thousand times now this article is so great. I'm gonna click it fifty times uh,
0: <clears throat> oh really you can you can applause multiple times is You that can applause as much as you years?
1: want. you can applause thousands of times if you want <laughs> and then it it just you see the counter go up and uh so that's the one thing also if- the the applause icon looks really <laughs> weird, and mm-hmm. so they introduced the whole applause thing in there. Um, other feature it's called what is it called series i think and that's basically k- kind of like a snapchat kind of version of medium where it only works on uh, mobile and you can basically you can build stories out of pictures and snippets of text and then swipe through like or or press next 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 like like on snapchat you know mm. and <clears throat> and, in the end, there was always the clapping hand symbol, and you could tap on that as as much as you wanted in order to applaud the story or whatever so that yeah. they moved that thing into overall medium and um <clears throat> and the, I read an article about um where I read an article about this feature and this design the designer who wrote the article he was basically criticizing the feature because and he was saying that he really loves medium and he was very um, always very impressed with uh, the design and the um, attention to detail and um, in medium and what he noticed was that medium always uses used the print metaphor me- met- metaphor for um, t- to to for in in order to name things so um there were articles there were publications if you know if you have a blog on there or yeah any kind of you know branded kind of publication it was called publication and also the heart was called recommend and that's also something mm-hmm. that a reader would do you know like recommend mm-hmm. a book or recommend an article um so everything was kind of in that vein and and this this um clap thing clap feature n- now this was the first thing that kind of broke out of that metaphor because nobody claps for an article you know you like it and mm-hmm. you recommend it to somebody if if you like it but you don't sure. sit in front of the article and then <laughs> clap and um yeah <clears throat> so he thought that was weird and he was kind of worried and And I thought, and and that also, like, I was confused by the feature. And after reading that article, I also got worried. And then the next day, suddenly, boom, they released this new logo. And it's literally just a font. Like, I I really, the the green logo really grew on me. It was an an abstract M, and it kind of was (laughs) cool. And it really fit to the rest of the look and feel of the site. And and this mm-hmm. new logo is basically just an M in some font, in serif font, and it's yeah does not. It's really it really bites itself with the rest of the design, and mm. like I find it so weird. Like the medium, this the because also they're using a serif font in the body of the articles, and it's not the same one, and then it's kind of it's it's just off it's off it's off i it re- i really don't like it i and it feels to me like like something or somebody from the inside is now eating up all this good work that they've done and making it mediocre and weird and and watering it down and i've i'm very worried there's also the the icon of the app now also has this new this this M and this new font, but not only that, it also has like a stylized article. So you know, like little lines that go from left to right, and that symbolizes an article, basically, or a paragraph symbolizes a par- paragraph. And <clears throat> it's positioned so weirdly on that icon; it just looks really ugly. And um, so that, and I'm looking. I I had the medium. App on the f- home screen of my phone because I used to read Medium every now and then and uh, and yeah basically f- just for that and then and also like the logo and how it looked the icon and I can't do it anymore I have to remo- have to remove it from there I'm, no. I'm thinking I'm I'm really thinking no because it really sticks out as a little ugly little in there it's so weird and like I'm really I'm really offended like my my kind of aesthetic senses are offended by
0: this
1: (laughs) because but you know what you know why because because I thought when it comes to design and how they implemented the um the editor Mm -hmm. on medium the web you know on the web and everything I mean it was just so well done I really I'm I was so impressed and And I really and really really enjoyed the design of Medium and how well it was crafted and the attention to detail and just how it how just just how it looked and how it felt to use it and um, and I thought that they were really ahead of um, basically everybody when it came to publishing online and blogging online and stuff. When it comes to the Mm -hmm. look and feel, like my my aesthetic senses were very pleased. And now, and then, and then now this happens and I'm just, I'm really appalled. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I have to get off because my blog is on medium and I feel like I have to, I'm, I'm now thinking, oh, no. I'm now thinking about, okay, which static site generator am I going to use? Like, that's where my is oh, no. at. I'm a, I'm really, I'm mad. Like, I, I don't want this anymore. Anyway. Oh. I'm awful. Even.
0: Oh, but what it, so like but at the same time didn't medium like with the applause feature. So first of all, like I haven't really I remember clicking on it once, but how do you unclick then? No, there's like, no
1: unclick. If, there's no unclick.
0: Ah, oh no, but what if you accidentally click it? <laughs> it's like I don't want to applause this. No, no, oops.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good um, point. That's a good point, yeah. yeah. You know? like if the, if you accidentally yeah. click on a Nazi post
0: or something, yeah, and then and then what do you do? you go to every single other post that you've ever liked, and then make sure you click, click that one like seventy times more <laughs> just to like you know overbalance it. I don't know. Um, but then the other thing is I heard that the the point of the applause was to help monetize the site in a way that, like mm-hmm. writers could get paid.
1: Which- no, all of this is done. All of this is done because they're currently trying. the The sole focus or the 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 big the biggest priority at Medium is to find a way to monetize, and mm. so they're trying to do things. I don't know how the logo change helps to monetize it. I don't know. Maybe it's supposed to make it more accessible uh, for more people or something like that. Um, visually, feel- but yeah. Um, yeah, and and it, I it just looks to me that there's there's like pushing features and trying stuff out but at the same time it's just it's just um done hastily and mm-hmm. not with as much care as before it seems to me mm. i'm very disappointed
0: bad. disappointed
1: uh, very disappointed
0: you're not mad you're just disappointed <laughs> yeah <I'm> disappointed,
1: <laughs> very disappointed.
0: Oh, um yeah. But oh, hey,
1: it's a, it's a for-profit hard. company that never made profit yet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh, I have no insider knowledge on this, but I think they might be in a little bit of trouble and they're just yep. trying to figure out how to
1: I think that's evident.
0: Yeah, exactly. It just it just doesn't feel <clears throat> like
1: If good. only with me <laughs>
0: yeah I know I mean <laughs> next time they should really talk to you first exactly and and, and check to see first, how you feel about me it first call me
1: medium and ask me if this is a good idea I'll let you know
0: <laughs> there you go
1: there you
0: go oh goodness, goodness yes.
1: Yeah. so what else is going on on your side there what have you seen um,
0: well okay so I actually this is this is not a, a necessarily a public thing but um, like not like on, on the internet. Um, but, uh, so I recently moved, uh, to a new house in, in the Bay Area. And, um, one day I was, like, I was, I was coming home and I realized that around the, um, the key, like the key, uh, what's it called? Drum, like the, like where you, where you put your key in the barrel and then like turn, like right around it, there was like these lights, and I was like, what are these lights about? And, um, and on, on the backside of, of the, or like the inside of the door, there's actually this huge housing. So I was like, I wonder if there are batteries in here or something, mm-hmm. and I pull it apart. And sure enough, there were no batteries in it, but, um, but like it had space for batteries, um, which is why the lights didn't, didn't turn on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out that it's a Bluetooth enabled uh, door lock. And so I was like, "Oh, interesting." Um, and and I decided to investigate a little bit. And um, and it was it's a it's a Kivo lock. Um, it's it the name of the product K E V O. And uh, I looked online to see like how have people hacked into them and things like that, just mm-hmm. to see like if I turn this on, am I basically making my house susceptible <laughs> to hackers? Exactly. Um, but, uh, but it doesn't talk to Wi-Fi. Um, all it does, it's, it's just Bluetooth. Now the weird thing is that you have to download the app, which in order to download the app, you do have to um, like give them like you have to do a login and stuff like that. But it's really just to have like a, a wireless um, like set of keys or something. And the idea is that you generate a Bluetooth key between, like it pairs between your phone and the lock, um, and you can unlock your door with your phone. Um, The benefits of this are, let's say you are an Airbnb host or you have family coming over but you're not gonna be home or something like that, you can give them, uh, you can create a key uh, and send it to them, and then they can use that key to get in and out of your house And you can put like a time limit on the key and all sorts of other things. And that way, like even if you're not home, you don't have to give them a key specifically like a, like a, you know, three dimensional metal key. You can just send them the key on your phone, on their phones, and then they can use their, their phone to get in and out. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. I'll, try it out for a little while, give it a go. Mm -hmm. Um, I sent my husband a key, but his phone refused to pair with the the lock. (laughs) So he had to just keep using a regular key, which, you know, fine. Um, And it was fine. It was kind of cool every time I, you know, came home, whatever. It was actually a little annoying because I had to wait for my phone to pair with my key or wait for my phone to pair with the lock before I could unlock it and lock it. Mm -hmm. Um, I would have preferred if it had just kind of like known, all right, I'm entering the house, please unlock. I'm leaving the house, please lock or something. And just did that on its own. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it did. Then it did do it on its own, except I was like, I was open. I had the door open and I was trying to like, Uh, grab my bag from just inside the door and as I'm walking through the door the lock decides to lock and so like I couldn't even close the door because the deadbolt was activated (laughs) so I had to use the key to unlock the door so I could close the door so I could lock it and so I locked it and then my phone was like, "Oh, I guess you're coming in," and it unlocked it. So I walked away from the house, and the fo- and the whole door was completely unlocked. And I was like, "This is so stupid." Uh, that oh, I just God. took the batteries out, and I was like, "Well, this is this is dumb. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Game oh, over." No longer wonderful
1: world of Internet of Things.
0: Exactly, the yeah. Internet of Things continues <laughs> to disappoint. Um, exactly.
1: So. <laughs> I am disappointed. Once again.
0: I'm so disappointed. There was so much potential promise in this because, you know, it could have been cool. And no, no. And when it comes to my house, you get one chance Mm. to mess up. Yep. (laughs) Like I said, you get zero chances to mess up. That's Mm. it. You get zero chances. So you mess up once and it's over. Um, So I said, forget it. I'm out.
1: See you later. It's a wise choice.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but I wanted to share with the listeners in case y'all were thinking, you know what, maybe I could get it. Now, I will say this. I had the version one of the, the Kivo whatever. Um, there is a version two. I'm probably not going to get it. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, the only reason I had this in the first place was because it was there when I moved in. <laughs> so I was like, oh, cool. I'll give this a try. And now I, I, yeah, no thanks. Do not want.
1: Yeah, I think it's also might be already be uh, uh a little bit of a red flag when it's already installed and you weren't able to you know do research and choose that the
0: uh, yeah. Bluetooth
1: lock maybe yourself because of course there's <laughs> gonna be lots of crappy ones, you know?
0: Yeah, well so I did a lot of research actually and and it is no less secure than a regular uh door lock. Okay. Which, you know, <clears throat> for better or for worse. Okay. Right. <laughs> Door but locks it's in it's more lockers.
1: stupid apparently. Yeah, it
0: is. it's way more stupid. It's it's too smart for its own good, which makes it really dumb. <laughs> it's so
1: smart that it's dumb again. Yeah.
0: Yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. So so, uh, yeah. so that's it's not a smart home. It's more like a dumb. No. Home. It's, a,
0: it's an idiot home.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the idiot of things. <laughs> the internet
1: of things all right sorry anyway yeah so that's that okay very interesting (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: so stay away from the bluetooth locks everybody
0: yeah stay away don't do it
1: don't
0: do it it. oh and
1: there was a whole kerfuffle about the react license again there
0: was again but I don't think anything really changed
1: Oh, no, 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 nothing changed. It's just that the Apache Software Foundation put the uh, React license on a list, on a blacklist. Mm -hmm. So that means that the software, the Apache Software Foundation. So it, it means that with some Apache products, you can't use no it actually means that all these products in the apache software foundation they can't use react anymore they can't mm-hmm. use any just no it's just react specifically the no i think it's the bsd plus patents license so any mm-hmm. um software software that has this type of pi- uh, uh, license they can't use it so those projects definitely for instance uh, Jan Lennart, he wrote a he wrote the best article I think, um, explaining the whole thing um, in mm-hmm. simple terms, and um, and he w- works on the CouchDB.
0: Mm-hmm. He works on CouchDB. Yes. Yes.
1: And um, so they were using React for something in the some admin uh, backend or something like that, and they, for instance, have to they are figure trying to figure out what they have to do now because they most likely have to rewrite it or port it to something that has a different li- license mm-hmm. and um because of that because that happened basically um the asf said uh bsd plus patents bad we don't want um now this whole thing now uh Kind of the whole discussion and the and people trying to figure out what what does bsd post patents really mean like what is it what is the problem here and can this happen to any company now that suddenly the license is forbidden to be used with some some other software and then you have to rewrite it um or you know have to just yeah or I have to port it to some other uh, to some other software or something like that so I think the the fear kind of struck into people's hearts by that a little bit <laughs> and uh but it doesn't so it seems to be for most people it really just means nothing mm. so it seems to be uh, a license that um just ensures that if you your company if uh, you raquel you have raquel incorporated and you are mm-hmm. using react in your company right mm-hmm. and then at some point you've kind of figure out oh um it looks like a um, facebook stole some patent that you own right mm-hmm. so if that happens and it doesn't have to do anything with react or anything could be some patent for like a Bluetooth lock or something right <laughs> so for instance they have that patent or you have that patent and they also implement it with the same and they use the same technology and you want to sue them for that now because you're using react in some and some website right for your company you can't do that, that that's all it is right
0: <laughs> if you sue us we're taking away all your toys
1: Exactly. Just don't
0: sue us. I mean exactly. I think it's I, I think it's I think it's it's a typical Facebook. Um it, it, it seems to it me like Facebook, they're yeah. they're trying to like prevent people from suing them by holding their technology hostage. Mm-hmm. Right? It's kinda like, Oh, you really like you know, you really like milk? Mm-hmm. Great. Well uh, as a dairy farmer if you decide to like, you know, be angry about like the color of my barn, then I'm just not going to let you have any milk. Meh. Right. Yeah. You're like, you don't get to hold the, the ah, stupid. Yeah. stupid.
1: And it's, <clears throat> it's oh interesting. God. There's so Apache. Um, Jan said in his article, there's some Apache license that has actually a similar setup but it it is different in its I think it was a it was a database or something I'm not sure anymore, but it was different in the sense that they only forbid you to sue them if you um if you're suing because of something that you built with their software mm, okay. so if you build something with their software and you're saying, oh uh but Apache." Or this this other software that I'm using, or the company that provided that software, they're doing they're using a patent that I invented with their software. Then you mm-hmm. can sue them. Which kind of that makes kind of sense, you know. You don't want oh, to. Oh
0: yeah. Well, I mean, so many of the licenses, like the you know um, the BSD license, the MIT license, the you know whichever, like the really basic ones are like you are using this as is. Yeah. We are exactly. not responsible for what you decide to do with it, which means we're not responsible if you find a bug or whatever, like you can't sue us. Yeah. Which I think is totally fine because that's open source. That's just open source. It's like right. you know, some some person has spent a bit of their free time making this thing. If it doesn't work perfectly, don't sue them, just put in a pull request. Come on. It's a lot easier <laughs> that way and costs yeah. a whole lot less money. Oh goodness!
1: Yeah, and and Facebook's license is just much more broad. It's just it's like a defensive weapon. It's just like they they're making a cool front end uh, uh, library, and then and then because it's so cool, everybody uses it, and now they're in all the companies, and none of them can sue them for anything anymore just because they're using React. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, but yeah, it's apparently they're inundated uh, with frivolous lawsuits. Um, or not so frivolous. Yeah. No. <clears throat> yeah, I mean they're copying so much, so I can imagine that mm-hmm. um, they, they 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 take they they take basically take anything they can that can reduce those lawsuits for them. That's kind mm-hmm. of how it feels.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The. Companies, tech industry, burn it all.
1: Burn it all. Burn it down to the ground. Just burn it all to
0: the ground. Um, There was an article this week um, in which um, um, K-Pow, goodness, I can't remember her first name now, all of a sudden, uh, I'm going to call her. Oh, Ellen, Ellen Powell. um, EKP, sorry. Um, Ellen Powell, she was the one who sued the VCs for, like, so she worked at a VC. She used to be the CEO of Reddit, actually. Um, but before that, she um, worked at a VC firm and she sued them for sexual harassment mm-hmm. um, and lost the case. Um, and it was a, a big thing. And she she wrote a book, um, a chapter or a, a, a section a piece of it, an excerpt, there we go, an excerpt of which was posted online. Um, and she basically told her side of the story of, um, what happened and why she decided to sue and, and all this stuff. And it was really enlightening and incredibly depressing (laughs) because, um, you know, she, she sued for a good reason and totally lost. Mm -hmm. Um, and ultimately, the reason she lost was because um, the other side had more money and more lawyers and, than she did. And uh, yeah. the part that bugs me the most about the whole judicial system is that it's not always fair mm-hmm. and just.
1: <laughs> yeah. You'd
0: think, since the word just is in the word justice, mm-hmm. it would but it's, it's like uh, ham and hamburger or Java and JavaScript. Um, mm-hmm. it's not really, <laughs> the, the two are not necessarily the same. Um, right. yeah. So it's a little, little depressing, but at the same time, uh, she paved like her lawsuit paved the way for a lot of other people to, to sue, uh, their various employers and win, um, which has been really kind of more heartening. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that was, a, that was an eye-opener of an, of a, of an excerpt of an you know, article. So I'll, I'll put that in the show notes, too, if anybody's interested in reading it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, yeah, what else is going on?
1: Somebody posted a cool core question into uh, the Slack chat today, I think. And the question was, what's the most important lesson you've learned as a software engineer? And there are a lot of interesting answers. What
0: uh, would be your answer? The most important lesson I've learned as a software engineer. Um, Having only thought about it for the last five seconds, uh, I would say never stop learning.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, like, like, the day you stop learning is the day you are obsolete, you know, (laughs) especially in this industry, especially if you're doing anything front end related. Mm -hmm. It's like, forget it. If you're not learning something new every single day, you will just simply never keep up. It's already the the case. I would say that if you're just getting started, there's no way that is literally impossible for you to learn everything. Exactly. Like maybe if you started in the 1980s, <laughs> just as things were starting to kick off and you learned the things as they came up, mm-hmm. maybe you would know everything right now. <laughs> but the, prolifer- the, the the proliferation of frameworks and languages and methods and standards and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera that happen every single day, mm-hmm. um, there's just no way. There's just no way that you would learn at all. So the only way to keep going is to keep learning.
1: Mm-hmm. But you, um, yeah, I asked, I answered that question in the Slack chat today, um, already, but, um, yeah. So for me, I think the most important one is um, keep it simple. That's, mm. the, that's the biggest one. <laughs> and, and, and also that there's really there's some important skills that you only get through experience, and for me that is kind of having the having the foresight um, a little bit at least um, to see which kind of decisions would make a um, would make a, a project unmanageable long term.
0: Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean?
1: Like if you mm-hmm. if you overcomplicate it in the beginning and you get yourself in a rut or how you use certain tools, when you start when you ver very early start to over optimize or or you um use your tooling a little bit different as it was than it was intended to, um, because you just want to or because your project has specific demands or m- might have them at some point or something like that. all these things kind of tend to then culminate into um, something that is not easy to to get to update or to extend or to um, uh, to implement features into um, or to add features and um yeah. So, kind of that sense, a little bit of a spidey sense for that uh, is something that mm-hmm. I only got with experience. So, experience mm-hmm. is important, is also something that I learned um, because you really, really learn how much simplicity, uh, how important simplicity is, especially for the long term um, mm-hmm. on a project. Um, that was one of yeah. the biggest for me.
0: <clears throat> yeah. It's funny because <laughs> in my, in my, relatively short tenure as a, as a software, as a web developer. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been doing it for almost six years now. Um, which, you know, compared to many people who are starting right now, six years is a pretty decent amount of time Mm -hmm. compared to my colleagues at NPM. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) some of them have been doing this for like 20 some odd years, um, maybe longer, uh, which is amazing. But, um, I get so impatient about that experience piece. Cause I'm like, ugh, I already know how to do this. I know how to do this thing. Why am I still doing it? And then it's not, and it's not something that you can actively learn, right? Like it's um, unlike unlike syntax or um, architecture. I mean, actually I would even argue architecture is something that you can't actively learn. Um, there are just things that you learn over time, that uh, the learning comes from all of the mistakes you made in the past. Mm -hmm. And you learn what not to do, um, and what to do, like based on what was successful, but you have to do things wrong, in order to gain that experience. And that is just the hardest for me, Mm -hmm. because I just I want to do it perfectly. I want the A plus, I want the 100%. I want the the good grades all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I like mess something up or I break something, it's just like, oh no, I failed. And it's like, and everyone looks at me and they're like, no, <laughs> you didn't <laughs> fail. I think, I think in the last couple of years, I've finally gotten to the point where I'm like, oh yeah, no, my code was crap. So let's just replace it. Uh, that's fine. I have no problem with that. <laughs> I don't feel even remotely offended. In fact, I will help you. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. get me a match, I'm going to burn it down too. <laughs> right. Let me light the first match, right? Like, it's, it's uh, I think, I think it's, it's, it's super frustrating though. Like, finding the patience to like, let your brain learn without actively shoving stuff into it because mm-hmm. like you can learn every single new frame web framework out there but it's not until you've seen a few of them that you'll know which one is right to use when
1: mm-hmm. yeah so yeah those yeah. are things that you just can't you can't explain to anybody because <laughs> keep it simple is something that is is easier said than done especially if you don't have a lot of experience because right. you might be a good programmer um and you might be all excited about all the things you know, and then, and that's that's ve- and then it's very easy to to pack all these things in because that's what you think pro- programming is, at that mm-hmm. point, and you don't realize that hey maybe I don't need this right now maybe I don't need this right now maybe I don't need this right now maybe I mm-hmm. just need to make it work first you know, <laughs> and with, w- at the, in the simplest way possible, and then right. maybe I need to optimize it then. And then when I get some data and I know, oh, okay, this should be faster, then I make it faster and stuff like uh-huh. that, you know. And uh-huh. many times, um, not uh, that's what I've seen when with with uh, programmers who weren't that experienced, they make they they like to overthink it and then make it all fast and perfect. As fast mm-hmm. as perfect, as fast and as perfect and as clever and all that stuff as possible. I mean, it's, I'm not saying anything mm-hmm. new here. This is a very, you know, it's yeah. been written about a billion times. It's just interesting <laughs> to <clears throat> actually experience it. And it's something that you mm-hmm. only really understand or start to understand when you have a certain amount of years' experience in that field.
0: Oh, gosh, it sounds almost like I'm, I'm putting myself into the, into the, the like the feet of a of like somebody who's brand new to the industry uh it basically sounds like and you're gonna say this to your kids so much khalil to be like you'll understand when you're older (laughs) you know (laughs) you'll understand when you're more experienced it's like i don't want to wait just tell me now (laughs) and this is how you know that is a far better human than I am, and I'm secretly five years old forever. <laughs> I'm just like I don't wanna. What do you mean? I hated it. I hated when my parents were like, "You'll understand me when you're older. You'll understand me when you like, you know, have to pay your own bills. You'll understand me." And it's like, Meh. and now as I'm older, I'm like, I understand.
1: I Understand. <laughs> Where? Still, still crying though. <laughs>
0: heck yes, yeah, so O'Krayn. That's my prerogative, and I will take it. Give me a cookie. Very <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, really
0: good. Oh, but that's a really cool question. I'm I'm sure that yeah. there are other really really great. Yeah, um, yeah,
1: there are lots of really good answers in the Cora uh, yeah. on the Cora page. Okay. Which the link will be in the show notes as well, of course. Yes. Because we aim and to please. And our
0: Slack channel, which you yes. know, which <laughs>
1: you could totally be. Yeah.
0: People could yeah, totally
1: you know. be. Mm-hmm. And and something uh, pretty interesting. Uh, Jason Miller of Pre Act Fame, um, mm-hmm. he tweeted something else. Uh, t- something out on Sunday and he said i spent a few weeks building a preact compiler in polymer view and preact single file components out highly optimized preact components and that's interesting hmm. um
0: he used other people's like what some might consider to be competitors Exactly. Used the competitors' code bases to rebuild his code. Yeah. That, so
1: so that basically, is. you you can make an application, and mm-hmm. you can use diff- You can use Polymer components, or mm-hmm. Vue components, or Preact components in the same application, and run it mm-hmm. through that um, compiler, and it will then make just react code out of it which is also then highly optimized these these components have to be single file components though which means that everything needs to be in one file i guess i mean what else could it mean (laughs) uh yeah but this is this is interesting and also um sean larkin larkin of um webpack fame he's kind of the uh, pr machine of webpack he um is also kind of he was talking i don't know if he if he is in any way also involved with this but he was um promoting it and he was also saying that um he was he was contacting other framework developers to basically make this possible so that there's um interoperability between all yeah. the frameworks when it comes to components um cool which is that's really cool because it yeah if you have like some compile step that just <clears throat> just eats all the different components from all the frameworks, that would be really cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's I think it's neat because it, on some level, okay. So from a community standpoint, it's nice because it basically says, all right, everybody together, we'll all you know work together on this. This is pretty neat. Um, but then from like a technical standpoint you could see that as a, like, you and I have both worked on monoliths. We have seen code bases that have attempted to move from one piece of technology to another piece of technology and never actually finish, right? Like, that that, that transition state <laughs> where you're, like, between two different technologies and you're, like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. we, like, we're just stuck. Like, this could be a really interesting option for people who thought that, like, you know, okay, well, we need to keep pushing, we need to keep deploying, even though we want to move from one to the other for whatever reason, uh, yeah. this could kind of be that nice middle ground so you don't have to feel quite like, oh, shoot, well, now, our, now we can't even deploy because we're in the middle of a tech change. Mm-hmm. Um, could be pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so... And also yeah. heard that, um, so there's also, s- s- so uh, the, the Polymer conference w- was today and, or is ongoing, I don't know. But uh, somebody was tweeting out about it and said that, so I, I, Ionic, the Ionic framework people mm-hmm. who um, make a JavaScript framework for uh, mobile Pages basically, or to build mobile applications with JavaScript, HTML5, and stuff, and it was based on Angular 2. And it seems like they completely moved to native web components, which gave them, which gives them tons of speed because they don't have to load a lot of a applic- uh, lo- lot of uh, library code and stuff like that because it just works in the browser. It's also very interesting. And um, instead of compiling to um, optimize preact, maybe it really should all just compile to web components. I don't know, you know, how well they already work in all the browsers, but I mean, it seems like maybe it's going into that direction. Web components mm. native in the browser mm-hmm. kind of thing. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, well, in any event, we I think that's all, all our time. It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so anyway, friends, um, come hang out with us talk to us in our in our slack channel which you can access via the show notes um, on uh, which you can get to via audio or reactive.audio and a huge huge shout out by the way to two awesome people on twitter who uh, shouted out uh, our podcast um, both to var james and mountain ghosts two really awesome people who i've met in person um, they're they're both in uh, I think in the UK, yeah, they're both in the UK. Um, so shout out to both of you across the pond. Um, we love it when our listeners say awesome things about us on the internet. So um, if you want a nice shout out, please come on into our into our channel or um, or you know whatever uh, or say something nice on on the <laughs> internet too. <laughs> um, and also, I
1: think uh, we were supposed to say that VAR James actually s- said. Um, that they hate everything, uh, besides Except our podcast, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, so um, definitely hello and thank you. And I think we had somebody new in our Slack channel, too. Um, oh, this
1: is <laughs> oh, uh, somebody new, yeah, could be oh, dime.
0: Yes, D-Y-M. Yeah, D-Y-M. Yeah. So welcome, uh, shout out to Soin, um, Dim Soin, uh over in our Slack channel. So major ups. Thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm. And all right, cool.
1: Um, that's right. And you can also uh, contact us on Twitter at ReactivePod. Uh, my Twitter handle is Khalil Tweets and our ghost co-host Henning is hgladegots uh, a, a on Twitter.
0: And I am rockbot on the Twitters. Come say hey and uh, we'll chat with you again next week.
1: That's right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. <laughs>